Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to season two of Cambridge Islamic College's podcast, the Tafsir of Surah Kaf. How can we prefer the afterlife over this life? How can we prefer faith over materialism? Sheikh Akram's Tafsir of Surah Al-Kaf explores this in the light of the Quran, the challenging issues of the modern times, and what guidance we can get from this surah to find a solution. Um, but, so I just want to uh, you know, answer one of the questions was asked about who's a alim, who's a scholar, though I don't really think it is needed. But anyway, maybe there's some confusion in, in the society here. So basically an alim in Islam means somebody who can know the sources properly. So he, knows the Arabic, he knows properly, he knows the Quran, he knows the Sunnah, he knows the Fiqh, he knows the opinions of the ulama, and he's a pious person, he's a God-fearing person, he act upon that. So he's an alim, you can ask a question. You know, to someone like him. But if somebody has no knowledge of Arabic language, certainly he can't be alim because, you know, all the sources, they are in Arabic language. Similarly, if somebody does not know the Quran, does not know Sunnah, the Prophet, or some properly, so they are not, they are not ulama. Some people who study some classes here and there, so they are not ulama. You know, they are still students of, of knowledge. Uh, and, uh, you know, it does not really necessarily mean that people must have degree from somewhere. But normally, you know, there are people understand when there is formal education, more likely the person could be proper alim. So if somebody studied in one of the known madrasas properly and got a certificate and a degree, that can be more helpful to understand that, that, that he's an alim. But still, you know, somebody can study a madrasa but don't know anything. Because, you know, like, you know, many people study in many places, but there's still like one of uh, uh, a scholar in India who came to Oxford, he used to say, in Oxford there are so many, many donkeys. So in Oxford, not everybody is a learner, somebody, there can be some, some donkeys as well. So in Madrasa also, people can come and study, but not necessarily they come learned. So one has to understand. And among the ulama, certainly there are some people who know properly, some people who less knowledge, some people more knowledge. So one should be careful, you know, choosing the alim who you want to ask. But in Islam, to ask question, you have two conditions, ilm and amal. Knowledge and the, 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 the practice that people should pray for, you know, five times. They should actually prefer uh, the hereafter over this world. It's something like that you can you see, you can ask question. At about, you know, the question about the women, you know, uh, looking at and all those things, though I explained this, this thing so many details in so many classes, what is the aura for the women, what is the aura for the men, what hijab means, what, you know, lowering the eye, eye means, and also what is niqab and what is the hijab for the wise of the Prophet Because some people actually think that hijab means covering the face. Though Quran never uses hijab for that purpose. So, you know, I explained so many times. I think now really, I believe, that I should write something. That it takes a lot of time, but I have to write about this matter as well. What hijab means, what niqam means, what, cover, what is aura for the women. So it can uh, answer many, many questions. Because still I can see there's so much confusion. All the time I keep teaching, but these questions keep coming for, from many, many people. So, but one thing I will emphasize really is that when you come to Islam, Islam has not come to make you abnormal. Islam actually has come for the normal people in the normal society. Nothing should except one thing is that you do things to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when the Prophet came to Arab people, he did not change the society. Arab people, Arab people, the Arab culture, their Arab tradition, nothing is changing. But what he does actually, he changes the qibla, direction. Everything for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to obey him, to surrender to him, to fulfill some mission. But it is not that, you know, suddenly everything is changing and people, everybody lowering their eye. This never happened. They fight in the war, there are men and women both fighting. If you have to lower your eye and you fight, tell me how can you fight? 
It's impossible. When they walk, when they go for Hajj, when they go for Umrah, when they do Tawaf, men and women both are there in the traveling. In the, even actually when they do Udu, from the same container, men and women both do Udu. To tell me if you're doing Udu with a woman, what is, can't you see her face, her arm? It will happen. They do Udu from the same place of water, men and women both, it in Sahih Bukhari. Men and women used to do Udu from the same place. When, when people do Udu, can't they, uh, will not they uh, uncover their arms? They will do. And men and women both are doing wudu from the same place as water, certainly they see each other. That happened. And actually, the companions uh, say that we, you know, the women used to do wudu in, in front of us and you know, uncovering their, in their hands. So, you know, that, you know, that, that was a normal society. And that question never came. In our times, we are very much upset. Somebody mentioned to me there was a female doctor and she left her job because an alim gave fatwa to her that uh, since you are a doctor and sometimes you have to uncover your arm and uncovering the arm in front of them is not allowed so she said but in my job i have to do this so then she has to leave the job because she has to uncover the arm and uh, some arm gave fatwa it is not allowed think properly that she has got a job and we need really female doctors without knowing without knowledge you get this fatwa our yusuf al-qadir rahmullah the chief justice of islam he makes very clear that for the women, it is allowed to uncover their arms in the public because they need it. Sometimes to wash their clothes, sometimes for other reasons. He, he gave fatwa that women are allowed to uncover their arms. This that now you give fatwa in this country for all Muslim female doctors to leave their job. Tell me what will happen. That you know, where are they going to get job? It is easy to give fatwa. Are you going to provide job for them? And some of the women, they depend on that living. Maybe they don't have husband, and maybe the husband don't work. And the women have to you know, provide all the things for the family. And also, you know, Muslims need female doctors. We need female doctors as well, as we need male doctors. So this really is very, very problem, actually, that I, I feel really that when people learn the religion, they are not learning it like, you know, something normal. So always, you know, they're thinking in something different. So always try to understand the Prophet did not come to make you something different. He only came to, to correct your direction, to make you worship Allah SWT, to obey him, to surrender to him, to offer submission to him. But you do your business, you live your life properly. Sometimes you do mistake, you repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But don't make life, you know, very difficult for the people. And the Prophet how he used to teach the people, how he to teach the women, you know, and how to mix with them, meeting with them, sitting with them properly, and the shops in the market, Medina, men and women both are together. You know, all the time you can say, when they're traveling, they're together. You know, it's not that they are separate. The Prophet made, you know, something different for the men. Actually, one thing I feel, People don't understand the difference between public space and private space. They have no idea about this materially. Private space is the space where you control. Then you can make it for the men or for the women. But public space is a space which is shared by everybody. In that one, everybody will come. Believers will use, unbelievers will use, men will come, women will come. In that one, what you need actually is when the women come, they come in Jilbab. Like road. Road is public space. Road will be used by men and women both. You can't make two roads, one for men, one for women. No, it's public space. Buses, cars, aeroplanes, they're public space. They'll be used by men and women. If women want to cover, they have to cover themselves. But you can't make it in buses two parts, one for men, one for women. The public space. Similarly, masjid. Masjid is public space. You can't make it, you know, separated. It is public space. Anything that's public space, that must be used by all of them. But people come in dignity, proper clothes. That's what it means. Always understand the difference between public space and private space. Don't mix between both. In private space, certainly, women, when they are at the home, 
they can't cover them properly because it is their home. They will be, you know, they don't have head scarf. Sometimes arms will open, sometimes legs are open like that. In private space, you are not allowed to enter without the permission and without hijab, a curtain between you and the women, if you are not related to them. Because in private space, they are not supposed to have jilbab. But in public space, women come with jilbab. When they come with jilbab, jilbab actually means barrier. Jilbab is, what does jilbab means? Jilbab means now the women have made a barrier between them and between the men. That's all. Women don't need to carry the whole house with them to starve the people. No. Jilbab is enough. Jilbab is the barrier. But it does not mean the desire will finish. Desire will still remain. You have to control the desire. Sometimes people can click desire can happen by looking at women's clothes. So are we are allowed to even what? To do more clothes? Because somebody looks their clothes and they become attracted? No. Desire will be there. But you have to cure yourself. You have to control yourself. You have to learn these things. But anyway, these things I have said so many times, so many details, many, many times. Really, I, I was thinking, you know, it is enough to explain. But every time, sometime, the question keeps coming. Maybe one needs uh, to write it properly. All the women are covering the aura, the jilbab, the public space, the private space, all those things, so many details with examples uh, I made, you know, so many times clear. But anyway, so yeah, yeah, let's move, inshallah. So now the story of, end of the story of Khadira Musa alayhi salam. So he says, فَأَرَدْنَا أَنْ يُبْدِ لَهُمَا رَبُّهُمَا خَيْرًا مِنُ زَكَاةً وَأَقْرَبَ رُحْمًا so now, no doubt, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to, you know, to give them another. That also happens in this life. There are sometimes people say child die when they are early age. But there are Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them another child. They don't know really that you know, the, the child who died would have been bad for them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps making this thing. So always try to understand. When, you, when, you, when, when your child dies, you know, do sabr. Be patient and, and try to understand this is good for in the eye of Allah. You can cry, you can weep because you know, it is natural, but you should have trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That keep happening this life. <coughs> then coming Wa'amal Jidar. Wa'amal Jidar. Fakana li ghulamayni yatimayni fil madinati wakana tahtahu kanuzul lahuma wakana abuhuma saliha faarada rabbuka yibluga ashiddahuma wastakhrija kanuzahuma rahmatan min rabbi. As for the wall all belong to the two orphan boys. They are orphans, they don't know anything for, uh, uh, in the city. Now, so one of the questions also comes here is, when Khadir and Musa, they came to this place, then Quran used the word Qariya. Quran said, فَانْتَلَقَ حَتَّى إِذَا أَتَيَا أَهْلَ قَرْيَةٍ So, the, the word is used, Qariya. And here the Quran says about the same place, Quran refers to uh, to the city. So this uh, Quran uh, makes a difference very often. I preach Arabic, Arabic language. Arabic language, Qariya always refers to a place when people live there. Like Qariya means. Qariya refers to the people basically. So when the Quran, Quran mentioning about the food and eating and drinking and they came to ask food, so then the Quran refers to the same place as Qariya. Because Qariya means people. Qariya means where people gather. They live together. So that's why people should be mentioned. So when it came in the context of the people and hosting and you know asking the food, then the Quran used the word Qariya. Medina in Arabic language used in the things about more civilized, where the people have houses, building, city, you know, like wall. So for that Qariya can be just tent. People live like you know in a tent, all the people, but the population there, let's say Qariya. But Medina only can be when there's 
like cities, means there are walls, there are, there are houses, there are buildings, the Madina king. So when the Quran mentions only the built wall, then the Quran mentions Madina. But when the Quran mentions the hosting, the eating, the drinking, and the people, then the Quran mentions the same place as Qariya. So Qariya always refer to the people. Like Quran says, Kama halakna min Qariyatin. How many Qariya we have described? The Qariya means people, those who live. So Qariya comes in the context of the people, and Madina, can, Madina comes in the context of the building, you know, the city. That way. So as for the wall, it belongs to two orphans in the city. And beneath the wall, underneath the wall, there was a treasure for them. You know, sometimes, you know, parents, they hide some treasures in the wall somewhere. So when the children grow, they can use them. And maybe they were about to die, somehow they knew, so they did this properly. And their father was righteous. So your Lord wanted, that both of them, they reach their youth. Ashuddhahum, they come youth and become young, you know, like adult properly. To see here the Quran says, okay, it is pure good. When pure good comes, then Khadr relates the word, word to, to Allah subhanahu wa when it was ayab, then it's araton ayibaha. But here it came the pure good, nothing else. It's just all, all good. So it says, فَأَرَادَ بُكَ أَنْيَبْلُغَا أَشِدَّهُمَا They reach their strength. It means when they become stronger, they become adult. وَيَسْتَخْرِجَا كَنْزَهُمَا And then they take out the treasure. رَحْمَةً مِنْ رَبِّي أَيْدَ مَرْسِي فَرَمْ يُرْ لُورِ So that word, Khadr alayhi salam, you know, that's why he, you know, he made the, the wall straight. In this one, there's a lesson that sometimes, you know, parents, you know, they do right things, they obey Allah SWT, but their fear is that when we die, what will happen to the children if we don't live in a property? So don't worry. If you, are, you have a right action, your righteousness will help them. Allah SWT will bring barakah and blessing for them because you are right, righteous. That's the Quran says, Wallahu salihin. Allah is guardian of the righteous people. So if you make your child a salih, it also you know, helpful for, for them. So now the parent, parent was salih, uh, the father was salih, so Allah SWT because of him, uh, Allah SWT wants the, the orphans to grow up and they get their treasure. وَيَسْتَخْرِجَا And I did not do this with my own command. That's what you have to understand properly. Meaning is, this was Amr Taqween. It was actually made by Allah, usually done by Allah, by angels, but here Allah used me. I did not do myself. It's a tiny revelation because nobody is allowed to kill a child. Nobody is allowed to kill a child. People want, whatever they are, a saint or sahabi or the companion, unless they have a revelation, they are not allowed to kill anybody. And since Khadir did kill a child, it makes very clear he must be a prophet. The Quran says, I did not do this with my own command. That is the interpretation of what you could not have a sabr upon that. So, you know, can see really that uh, the question here also comes why when the Quran mentions, you know, the Qadr says, It is the root letter is When you take istifal, it becomes Istata'a. To be istata'a, you have more effort. Then you cannot, if you seek to do something, make effort, you cannot do. So you never can be able. Similarly, when Khadir said, Sa'unabbi'uka bi ta'wile ma lam tastati alayhi sabra, I will tell you, 
you know, the interpretation of what you could not do sabr on. Istatat. Istatat means more effort. It means even if you do effort, you cannot do sabr. You know, it is impossible. You cannot do sabr. But when it comes to ending, ta has been dropped. Quran says, ta'avilu ma'alam tasti' alayhi sabra. You know, on. So it could more likely that basically Musa al-Islam did not do sabr, did not do make, did not make effort. In this whole thing, in istatat, ta actually makes ta will ta comes Arabic language like ifti'al or something like that. It always effort. So it makes very clear that Khadir al-Islam understand the excuse of Musa, that Musa could not even make the effort to, you know, because this is something different anyway. This is a different knowledge. So here, here even he could not make, his, you know, uh, effort to do sabr that way could be ta has been dropped from the Quran. Though originally there should ta, so no ta here. This is the story of Musa and Khadir, and there has been hadith of the Prophet. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Uh, where the Prophet wanted to know more about the story of Musa al-Islam, Musa al-Khadir. As I mentioned earlier, you know, Allah SWT did not send Musa al-Islam to stay with Khadir forever. He only came to learn some wisdom. And he learned now he has to go back. But the Prophet wasallam, he is so keen to learn more and more. So he has said in the hadith that we wanted, if Musa al-Islam had done more sabr, so we have learned more wisdom from, from the story. It makes him again keenness to learn more. That how a believer should be really. Always be keen to seek more and more knowledge. Even the Prophet Sallallahu the Messenger of Quran advised him to say, O Rabbi Zidni Ilma. Tell, O my, or make dua, pray, O my Lord, increase my knowledge. People say increasing of anything is not good, except two things for which Islam ask people to make increase. One is knowledge, Rabbi Zidni Ilma. And the other thing is, some dua has come that when you drink the milk, then you make dua, Allahumma barik nafih wa zidna minhu, increase. Because milk also basically very close to the knowledge. And the Prophet interpreted the milk in dreams as the knowledge. So knowledge is something where people should make effort to increase all the time. So this is a lesson for many, many students of the knowledge. When they learn a few books, they stop learning. They think we have learned enough. That's not right. People should actually be students all the life. That was they're saying in Arabic language, Seek the knowledge from the cradle, from the time when you are baby in the cradle until you die in the grave. People always should seek the knowledge. So the Prophet is such a great messenger, but he wants to increase his knowledge. Musa is such a great messenger and talks with Allah directly, but he wants to increase his knowledge. And our time, this is actually not the case. We have seen really people are, don't know enough and they're teaching. And they do so many. I've seen people teaching Arabic grammar and they themselves actually don't know Arabic properly. And they teach Arabic grammar. They're not allowed to teach. People don't understand the fiqh properly and they're teaching many of those things. Even actually sometimes people don't read the center. I've seen people doing PhD, uh, the PhD on certain books of, of, uh, of Islamic texts. And some of them in Oxford, doing PhD from Oxford and came to consult me on some text of what it means and when he was reading he could not read any sentence properly. So I was thinking really these people have done PhD now they want to write, they want to appoint to the teacher, a lecturer, whatever and they can't read properly. So this really you know very very bad really people should make effort to learn properly. You know I mentioned this story before I will that in once in Oxford the two articles came to publish in one of the journal and both were on Ibn Arabi, the Sufi. 
and I was given to write a review on the article, how, you know, are they, can they publish or not. When I read, I knew that you know, Ibn Arabi has got so many problems, you know, but the way they presented, it doesn't make any sense. So then I went to the library and compared the translation with Ibn Arabi's writing. No single sentence was translated properly. Even if the person does not know where the sentence starts and where it ends. Nothing was right. No single sentence, the whole article is long as nothing was right. No single, not any, something was right. Nothing was right. And you write in Arabic, in Arabic. Then I wrote a long report and point out the mistakes, what mistakes have been done, some example. And then I wrote in agenda that the, these, these people, they need to learn Arabic before in Arabic. You know, not know Arabic language. Before in Arabic, you need to know Arabic language. So this actually is a first thing is people must keep, be keen to learn. And when the time, right time comes, you teach. Like my Rahmanullah says that I did not give fatwa, give fatwa until 70 of my teachers, they asked me to give fatwa. Imam Shafi Rahmanullah said, what if they have asked, not, not allowed you? He said, then I never would have given fatwa, never. You know, that, that how they used to be. The knowledge should be respected. Otherwise, what will happen is, if you don't learn properly and you give fatwa, all this problem will happen in the society. So much corrupt confusion happening, like in, you can see in, in, in this country. You know, when I can, the beginning I've seen really so much TV. And what I saw really, first thing the people learn and teach is Aqeedah. I was thinking really, this is, this is problem with that the, the people all over here, they don't know really Aqeedah is not the first thing to be taught. I work on the, on the Islamic curriculum that in different centuries, what was the curriculum taught in Madrasa. For many, many centuries, there was no single work of Aqeedah taught in Madrasa. You become alim without Aqeedah. Aqeedah never have been part of curriculum. What people used to learn Kalam, something outside. In the, in the curriculum, they learn Quran, they learn Sunnah. That's what these people need to learn. Now, if you teach the first thing, Aqeedah, you divide the people. All the questions come. So this is not right. People should not teach Aqeedah. Aqeedah should not be taught. Aqeedah should be taught only to one person in the whole Muslim world. To one person who can be different. The rest of the people don't need Aqeedah. You need Quran, you need Sunnah, you know Hadith. But in this country, first time I saw, never saw in India. This is the first country where I saw the people start learning with Aqeedah. In India, in Tolama, you learn all the time. Then they have got at the end one small book on Aqeedah, which is not Aqeedah, but very small, by Dehlvi. Very small thing, you don't learn much thing. But, you, you know, nothing, nothing other than that, very small thing. In some other side, they started, uh, you know, Aqeedah and Safiya, but very, very late. In the beginning, there used to be no book of Aqeedah. But here, people start with Aqeedah. That's where people don't learn properly that what happens. You need to teach people Quduri, you need to teach people Udu and Tahara and Salah and Janaza. You need to teach people you know, Hadith and Quran, not Aqeedah. Aqeedah never had been Islamic. It's, it's part of Islamic science. Very late people used to, just for argument, they used to have Aqeedah and Kalam, just to discuss and argue. It is not something you, learn, you need to learn. This when people don't learn properly, that's what happened. It is very, very important. Learn properly and understand properly what you need to learn and what you need to teach. Teach people this what they need. They need how to worship the Lord, to teach them the Quran, teach them the Sunnah, teach them the Fiqh, but don't teach them Aqeedah and argument and Kalam and discussion you know, for no reason. So anyway, to this story of Musa al-Islam, you know, has so many lessons. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he's so keen to learn more. So there have been hadith where he actually wished if that Musa al-Islam had done sabr, so there would have been more story. There are hadith from Ibn Marduya, from Dawud ibn Abi Hind, from Abdullah ibn Umar, and from Sa'id Sa'id and Jubair, the Tabi'i, from Abbas the whole story. And then in the in the end is Rahmatullahi Alayna wa ala Musa. The Prophet said, May Allah have mercy upon us and upon Musa alayhi salam. Istahya in the Dalika 
فقال ان سالتك عن شيء بعدها موسى عليه السلام felt shyness so that why he said if i ask anything then you don't accompany don't take me in your company امام ابو داود نرى سلام ابن عباس رضي الله تعالى عنه فرام ابي بن كعب رحمه الله علينا وعلى اخي موسى لو بعث مع صاحبه لابصر لو لبث مع صاحبه لابصر اعد والاعاجيب مي الله مرسي قانس انا قال موسى الاسلام اف هي هاد ستيد وذ هيز كومبانيون يو هاف سين ماتش مور اميزنج ثينجز تو نو داوت يا الله سبحانه وتعالى ديد نوت وونت تو تيش يو نو ميك موسى الاسلام تو ستي وذ خضر يو نو فور اول ذا تايم We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please support us so we can continue to bring you world-class content at www.cambridgeislamiccollege.org/donate. And please don't forget to subscribe to deepdean.tv for more Islamic studies content in HD videos. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.